0: Welcome to another episode of the Blessed Embossed Up podcast. I say I'm excited every episode, but all right, hear me out. (laughs) I am interviewing someone that I personally admire so much. I mean, Kyla, like I don't even know where to start. Okay, so boom. Kyla is Anchor Media's digital marketing manager. So anything that you guys see that we do via social media, websites, email design all of the things that's all Kyla a lot of people actually email me like who does your website so whoever asks me that in my dms is Kyla um but you're just such a not just an asset to Anchor Media but you're such an asset to the kingdom of God and that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast because like I hear I don't pry that's just my personality in general I like you know, I don't like to dig too much out of people and I just kind of let people, you know, share what they want to share. So as I like listen to certain things you share, I'm like, wow, she gets it. And then even like when you speak it in the society, I'm just watching like, this is how it's supposed to be. Like, this is how it's supposed to be just having an undeniable encounter with God and just choosing to relentlessly pursue Him and His plan for your life. And just watching you do that is, I mean, it's it really just, I can't, I don't even have the words, but it's just such an honor to play the part that I play in your life. It's such an honor to have you a part of my life, a part of this vision. And I'm probably, I ain't gonna make you cry my bad. <laughs> but I just had to say publicly just how much I appreciate you and how proud I am of you. Like you are what the body of Christ needs. And to just watch God continue to push you and just see you continue to thrive and accept the call and to do the things despite how you feel like that, this is what it's supposed to be. And I'm like cheering you on. Like I am beyond proud of what you're doing. And I am super excited about where you're going and what God is doing in your life now. Like- you that girl. Okay. Let's start for people who don't know you. I want to start in the beginning. We're going to do this interview in two parts. So part one, we're going to talk about your story and your testimony. And then part two, we're going to talk about your amazing podcast and just the strategies that God has given you to share on that platform. But starting with you and made whole, healed, <laughs> activated, sent out. Let's talk about that because a lot of us, we know that we need to be made whole. We know that we have some areas that God needs to prune, some areas that He needs to fill. We know we have some things that He needs to ins- just construct and put together in our lives. And I love how you seamlessly tell your story of Him making you whole and continue to make you whole. So let's talk, let's start from the beginning. Who is Kyla? How did you get to be? all of the things that I, I just mentioned um and just tell us give us some insight on how god has transformed you
1: we're gonna be here for a while no just kidding
0: we got time
1: okay so i'm kyla kyla jackson and i am a digital marketer web designer i'm all of the things i have a lot of different talents that god is just continuously pushing out and i am the founder of made Whole, which is now a non ah.
0: let's go yes congratulations
1: you. But before I was all any of these things, I was just a girl who was just lost in the world. And uh, my journey started probably around like a high school where I had gotten into um, a same-sex relationship with someone who I was completely in love with. And I was happy, y'all. Like I had just graduated. I was working for um, one of the top companies on my list. And, uh, you know, I had a brand new apartment, brand new car, all of these other things. And for some reason, I just still felt so empty inside. Now, I had been dealing with same-sex attraction since I was like five or six. So it's just something that I kind of grew into and decided to act on after I left um, high school. And so I spent five years um, with this person again, who I was completely in love with, but then I still felt so empty inside. And I even, I grew up in church. My parents would some oil slingers, tongue speaking, you know, <laughs> that's what they are, but I never really, you know, had a relationship with God for myself or anything like that. And so once I got to work, um, I started being in, um, when I was at that job, again, I was just kind of searching for just something more. And at that time, Like throughout the five years, I kept feeling like I didn't know it was God at this time, but I kept feeling like these pulls on my heart. Like he was like convicting me. I didn't even have the language to describe, but now I know that he was convicting me about my relationship. He was convicting me about, you know, really pursuing this lifestyle. And I was just not trying to hear it. Like I would hear it would be nights where he would like wake me up again, not even really realizing it was him. And I would be crying because it's like a part of me knew like this wasn't the life that he had for me. But again, Mm -hmm. I was so in love. I was so happy. And I just really wasn't willing to let it go. Especially, you know, we're growing up in an age where everything is so normalized. Everybody's Mm -hmm. just like, oh, no, just do what makes you happy. You know, love is love. But, you know, when you're really Pursuing the kingdom of God, you have to follow his rules. You have to follow his plan. And so God was me and God was wrestling. We were <laughs> wrestling for like five years. And I'm um, during that time, he had told me to start a business. He kind of left me alone. He didn't really leave me alone, but he kind of like pivoted off um, talking to me about the relationship and started, you know, just cultivating me in business. Um, again, I was always been uh, big in marketing, branding, design, and those things. And so about maybe two years into the relationship, that five-year relationship, I had started um, my business, which is called Her Like Creative, and it was a digital marketing agency. And I was like, okay, great. He gave me the whole blueprint. I'm sitting like more like, oh, this is so exciting. Because again, like I started, you know, going to corporate America because I thought that everybody in corporate America was waking up every day and they were so excited to, you know, just work. And then I got in this big place that I had been dreaming for and everybody was miserable. Mm. Everybody was Miserable. You could just feel like depression in the air. People really didn't love what they did. And I was like, I just don't feel like this is it. I'm waking up every day. I go to work. I go to sleep. I go to work. I go to sleep. Like this just can't be life. So I go on this whole purpose journey, and that's actually where I met um, Kristen, who introduced me to the Blessed Bust Up podcast. I was literally driving. We were. Um, I started working with her on her fashion business, and we were creating like social media content, video things, all the things I'm doing with you now. I was doing with her, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I remember in the car, and she had your podcast playing, and I was like, "Who is this?" But mind you, I'm already on this journey trying to like you know find my purpose and all of these other things. Um, and God just kind of like met me there. But it was mostly on like the business side. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, well, this girl, she she looked like me, she's young like me, and she speaks a language I can understand. It's not you know holy art thou something that I can't. Yeah. Can. So I started listening podcast like obsessively and each time like god would start speaking to me and i would feel more and more convicted and just like this pull to come closer to him this time and this time it didn't have anything to do with my relationship it was just this pull like he was just trying to get me close right i call it breadcrumbs he was baking me with the breadcrumbs right it was you know <laughs> acting on that thing where i was you know trying to find my purpose but he was really just pulling me close and i remember the pivotal moment for me was when um I think I was like walking on a lunch break or something like that. And I had started the business and I heard you say you were going on a tour. Now at this time, I had been doing all the things that you told us to do about how to build a relationship with God. I bought every Joyce Meyer book. I bought, <laughs> I bought the study Bible. Okay. Like I bought everything, how to hear from God, power of speaking God's word. And I was in, um, I didn't even have like a prayer closet or nothing like that. I was in my job in this little Haven every morning, like studying faithfully. And so I had learned to start hearing God's voice. So I'm taking this walk and I hear God say, you need to go to that tour. And I'm like, mm, my business ain't even businessing. Okay. It's over there. just sitting because at this time, again, being in this five-year relationship, I started to notice that. Um, my vision was dying I've always been a creative a dreamer a visionary like people would always compliment me when I created something when I was doing photography but like I never seen work like this before like where do you get this from and I'm like I saw it like in my head
0: mm-hmm. but during that
1: time like that kind of died like I couldn't really see mm-hmm. anything I didn't want to create anything I was like having like this depression that everybody on the outside you know they it looked like I was fine, right? I have all the things, the job, the house, the relationship, and everybody is like, oh, y'all so in love, da, da, da. But I was dying on the inside. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, what is this? This doesn't make any sense. So again, I'm walking and I hear God say, you need to be at that tour. And then he says, you need to go alone. Now, that was like a big thing because I'm like, God, you know, I don't like talking to people, you know, I don't like being in public. Mm-hmm. And you know, me and my girlfriend at the time, we went everywhere together. So that was like, I'm going to pull you here with me. So like, you know, we can go together. But I heard him specifically saying I need to go by myself. So fast forward, we get to the tour. I, um, I don't think I ever really told you this story all the way. She said my business is a business thing. I can see the comments now. But um, <laughs> I remember on our way to the tour, I just had this feeling like something's about to go down. I don't really know what it is. Again, I'm <laughs> studying like the spirits. I'm studying discernment. So I'm starting to feel like something really isn't right. And so um, my girlfriend, she's driving me down to the tour and she has a brand new car, everything. Like it shouldn't have been nothing that got in the way of us getting to this tour. I think we get about an hour away and the car shuts off in the middle of the road, y'all. Like in the middle of the road. And I remember being like, this is so crazy. So we just thinking it's a little temporary issue. So we out here, I'm in heels, pushing the car, you know, up into the parking lot. And then we thinking like, okay, Maybe it's like the oil light came on so we go to the little store We put the oil in and the oil spills right through the bottom of the car like literally the car was shot this is a brand new car that she had literally less than a year so the enemy was like gung-ho on me not getting to this tour um and funny enough Kristen had actually won a free ticket to the tour so God told me to call her up and so she drove me to the tour and all that stuff so now I'm here okay now we're here I'm at the tour and I'm here for my business, you guys. Okay, I'm here for my business. I'm not here about my relationship. I'm here because, you know, this is the God is my CEO tour where you're supposed to, God's supposed to bless your business and you're supposed to blow up all of these other things, right? <laughs> I get here and I think Kavaya had started speaking. And then you had came up and your message really blessed me because you just talked about just the practicalities of what it really means to follow God. It was like faith, trust, and obedience. And I remember it being such a raw conversation where you didn't sugarcoat. Like if you decide to follow God, you knew this walk was going to be, you was going to have some ups and some downs, but you Mm -hmm. needed to trust God through it all. But the pivotal moment for me was when, Off of the Tanya, she gets up there and she starts dividing everybody into this group. Mind you, I'm good at this point. I'm not crying or nothing. I'm like, God isn't speaking to me about my relationship. You know, my girlfriend, she's sitting outside of like the doors of the tour because, you know, she didn't have a ticket or whatever. So I'm in here, I'm like, okay. She gets up and she starts dividing everybody into like these lines. And one of the lines that uh, you were called to, she was saying like, if you're called to marketplace and ministry, stand this line. I had no idea what that meant. I do not know if I was called to either one of those, but I just saw God saying, go to that line. Right? <laughs> so you you happen to be praying in that line. And I was like three people behind, uh, behind like three people in the line behind in order to get like prayed over next. And I remember we were standing in that line for a long time, y'all. It's people falling out to the left, to the right. <laughs> it's people crying, people lashes falling out. It was a lot going on in there. It was a lot going on. It was so much. And I'm getting antsy, right? I'm like, ah, what's going on? So right before... Uh, Kristen Kristen's there, she was in front of me right before, like, you're about to pray for me. I'm literally next in line. time Tanya turns around and she points to me to into this random lady behind me. I did not know this lady. This random lady behind me, she says, take her to the back and pray for her. And I'm like, it's people in front of me and people behind me. Why you gotta call me out? And who mm-hmm. is this lady? So this lady takes uh, me to the back and, mind you, when you grow up with oil-slinging parents, the first thing they <laughs> tell you is don't let nobody you don't know pray for you, right? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at be you like, God, nah, you're like, it better be you because I don't know this lady. <laughs> and um, so she begins to pray for me. And the first thing that she says to me is, you are more than enough. Now, the reason why that stuck out so much to me, because like when I, during that process of me learning how to hear from God, um, one of the things, I, one of the things we uh, were taught to do was basically to test it out, right? Like you have to t- act, act on faith, you like little baby steps. So I remember one time I was in my room and I heard God tell me to buy this book called More Than Enough and it's by Elaine Wentworth or whatever, but to buy it for my friend. And I wanted to read the book, but I never, you know, I never did. He said, buy this book for your friend. And so again, the title of the book was More Than Enough. So for that to be literally, before she said anything to me, that was the first thing that she said. And it really just gave me this like peaceful feeling. Like, I felt like God was like, okay, like I'm here with you. Mm-hmm she prays for me, she starts speaking, prophesying into my life, and I'm like, who is she talking about, because this don't sound like none of the things I'm going to do, man, I came here for my business, you know, mm-hmm. and she starts getting really personal, and then she gets to the end of her prayer, I'm, I'm crying, you know, I'm like, you know, God is like delivering me, I feel the things falling off, and she's, you know, praying for God to open up my vision, um, and my creativity, and all of these things, and we get to the end of the prayer, and I'm like, okay, I'm good, like, in my mind, I'm still convicted, you know, because I came here and I'm like, oh, God, they're going to find out lesbian, and like, you know, it's going to be a whole other thing. And so because um, that's like, you know, you walk around with like anxiety all of the time, you know, mm-hmm. being judged. So going into a faith based space, it wasn't, you know, I didn't feel like I would be accepted. And that's something that I talk about on my channel. So that was the mindset that I had coming in here. And so I get to the end of the she gets to the end of prayer. And I'm like, oh, great. She didn't say nothing about my relationship. You know, I thought God convicted me, but she didn't say nothing. If God wanted to say something, he would have clearly said something by now. Two seconds after I had that thought, she looks, she stops praying and she looks at me and she says, I don't know if you're in a relationship right now. She said, but God said that he is not going to allow it to work and that you need to leave. And I was like, Literally, I'm telling you, all the makeup I had, it just came right up. I <laughs> fell falling crying. And I think it really hit me so hard because I knew at that moment I could not run. Mind mm-hmm. you, I had been hearing God for like five years, you know, in little ways, sometimes in big ways telling me to leave, but I couldn't get the strength to do it. I tried like three times during that five-year process and I kept going back because the pull was so strong. Mm-hmm. And so this time when, you know, when, when he said it, I just, I felt it in my heart that this was really like the last time so i cried my eyes out at this um in the bathroom and i actually walked out and i saw her literally when i saw her i was just like it made me break down even more mm. so um that was just the beginning seed of god like wrecking my whole life breaking me down to build me back up
0: ooh okay i mean <laughs> i have so many emotions i mean just thinking about that tour is always just a huge reminder for me on just continue to say yes to God like I just I have so many feelings but anyway what happened after that then? because like you said there have been times before in just talking about the relationship part there have been times before where you walked away but you heard you said that this time was different what made this time different because I think that's The steps that you took next are important for anybody who God is pulling away from anything that that seems to keep pulling you back. It doesn't have to be a same-sex relationship. It can be a heterosexual relationship. It could be a job. It could be a church. It can be whatever. But we've all been in situations where God was pulling us out of it, and it was like a tug of war. So what did you do next to not just walk away, but to stay away and to continue to pursue God from there?
1: yeah so i I literally felt like the encounter that I had with the Holy Spirit was so powerful, like it was undeniably God like mm-hmm. at that point, it was so powerful that I had no choice but to surrender in that moment. It was almost like God was saying like this is literally this is a final call like mm-hmm. you really don't have no I didn't have nowhere else to run. I could not run off that room. I could not run away from that and so leaving. The tour, you know, I'm trying to keep myself together for the rest of the tour. And I remember having to take a long it was a long car ride home, y'all. It's probably like an hour and a half, but it felt like five hours. And she was yeah. in the big seat and I was just literally so broken. I didn't want to start crying like in front of her, but it was it was a lot because even when you have an encounter with God, again, you have choices to make after that. I could have been like, you know what? I heard you, but like, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. So I remember I waited like 24 hours when I got home. I could not sleep it was so bad I could not sleep I could not eat I was really just kind of we went to like a family reunion or something like after that and I was just like staring into space this entire time looking around at these people like this is really the last time y'all about to see me because I really <laughs> like it was crazy like it was These mm-hmm. are like damn they had become family over five years mm-hmm. and, um it was like 24 hours and I was like okay you know what Grace exists, right? There's, there's grace for this. This is this is me trying to bring in the grace. I was like, God's still going to love me anyway. Like, you know, he'll forgive me for this. And I remember um I was scrolling on Instagram for some reason. And I remember coming again on Prophetess Tanya page. I don't even know how I found her page, but she had <laughs> one of the first posts that I had seen was uh, it said grace is not a license to sin. Wow. I know, right? God, when I tell you God was not playing with me, he was not playing with me. And so I remember I called, I um, drove to my mom's house and I was, I just broke down crying. And, you know, my mom, she had been like really just supportive and loving. She never like judged me. She never agreed, but she never like judged me or anything like that. And so she was the one safe place person that I had to talk to. And so I called her up. And at this point, you know, we are in the car, I'm crying it out. And she never is very like direct, but this moment she was like, you need to do what God said. Like, and I felt like, like, this is not my mom talking, like, this is the Holy Spirit. So, um, I, I had a decision to make. I walked back into my apartment. I walked down that hallway and before I could even get words out to say, I bust out crying mm-hmm. and she knew. And I had to tell her like, Hey, listen, Not and did I to tell her, Hey, listen, like we have to, like, I cannot be with you, but like, I'm not coming back. And that was, that was like the hardest part. Like mm-hmm. I'm not coming back, and so from there, you know, we had we were living in an apartment. We had just moved in that apartment, brand new apartment, apartment of my dreams. We had um, been there for like two or three months. That was it, you know, in a year lease. And so I was like, okay, well, what am I gonna do now? I can't stay here with you because temptation, all of the things that would try to pull me back, the guilt, the shame, all of that stuff. And so I broke my lease. <laughs> I broke mm-hmm. my lease, and I broke y'all. This apartment had everything I wanted in it. I broke my lease. I moved back with my parents, which I was like, eager to get out of my parents' house. Like I got a lot of siblings. There's a lot going on. But um, during that time, God really began to just deal with me in so many different areas. I realized it wasn't even really about, you know, my relationship or the lifestyle I was living. That was a major part because I had made that my identity. But during that time, God really broke me down in every area he dealt with uh pride he dealt with rejection he dealt with abandonment he dealt with you know my desires he dealt with lust he dealt with every single part of me and once he you know had to prune me and break those areas i'm talking like you know it's been about two years it was two years on the eighth this is like two years of literally me crying out to god him meeting me in the mud and cleaning me back up and um it has been so hard you know Mm -hmm. But I'm just so grateful because again, like your podcast, when I knew I I was going to follow God, I knew that it wasn't going to be easy. I knew that this wasn't like, um, I think one of the things that really made me stick this process out was you always used to say that there are people attached to your obedience. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what that meant, but I started to think to myself, like, what if I really am called, what if God really does have a plan for my life and I'm sitting and I'm the reason why people aren't getting their breakthrough or I'm the reason why I'm holding somebody else up. And that just kind of kept me going. So I was just like, there were so many times I could have given up on this healing process, on this pruning. I lost friends. I gave up best friends. I gave up every, literally everything I loved Mm -hmm. to follow God during this process. Um, But his love, wow, like it was this time where I really, he really showed me who I was as a daughter. Outside of all the other things, he showed me who I was as a daughter. He began to reveal my call. And at that time, I had posted my testimony video goodness gracious. I posted my testimony videos 21 days after I got, um, after God spoke the word for me at the tour to leave my relationship. And I know that sounds crazy, but I was hearing God very, very clearly. And um, I remember everybody's was like, you're crazy. Why would you post your video 21 days? And I was like, I oh, don't know. I just heard God. But mm-hmm. I was obedient, right? I was obedient. And I didn't know it was going to be a made whole anything. I just knew that God told me to post a testimony video. And then each week after that, I was literally still living in the apartment with my ex when I made that video. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot. And so I posted that video, um, which now has over 31,000 views. People reached out to me from all over the world. I'm talking Ireland, the UK, like India, everywhere. And they're like, wow, like, thank you so much for your bravery, your courage. Like, I had the strength to leave mine. God has been calling me, too, because I thought I was the only one who was calling me out of this lifestyle. But people from all over now have just been like, just thank you for your yes. Thank you for your obedience. And um, I've just been going ever since. It's now um, a nonprofit where our mission is to get people healed, activated, and sent out. And it's bigger, like I said, than just, you know, same-sex, you know, relationships. That's just where my story started. But it's not the totality of my story. And so I'm just mm-hmm. sharing that in every single area and making sure that people are walking into, getting out of bondage, basically, because that's what it is. No matter what you are doing, anything that you're doing that's not in service to God, that's holding you back and separating you from him, mm-hmm. his bondage. So getting people free from bondage and getting them activated
0: and sent out to do their assignments. So I'm trying to contain myself because <laughs> uh, I got to keep about it. This is audio and video. So like, sir, if I have too many outbursts, it might mess up the audio. So there's a lot going on right now. In my head. But uh, what were those moments like after that? Like at this, like you're back at home, you're looking at the four walls of your childhood bedroom, you know, you are seemingly taking 10 steps back and you go to an event to hear about your business, something that's exciting to then have your whole life be interrupted, be dismantled. You're being obedient, but obedience looks like chaos and rubbish. You know what I'm saying? Like How, what was, what were those day to day, nobody's looking moments like, and how did you maneuver through them to get to the next day and to continue being obedient?
1: Yeah, those day-to-day moments were hard. Literally, it felt like I've been crying for like the past two years. It would be moments where I I didn't really, I had pretty much given up all my friends. God had pulled me into this place of isolation. So it was just me and him. You know, every night I would be just journaling. I, I couldn't even find sometimes the words to say. I would just journal and cry. I would read my Bible. I would worship my way through it. That was a big thing my intimacy with the Holy Spirit grew so much because he was all that I had to depend on. And he made sure Mm -hmm. it was that way. I couldn't run to my mom. I didn't, my friends didn't understand. So it was literally just me and him. And the only thing that was really keeping me going was like, this isn't about me. Mm -hmm. Because I realized that this, my life wasn't about me, that my life, God wanted to use my life for something, for his glory, for his purpose. That's what really kept me going. Because if it was, if if this was about me, I would have went back a long time ago because it got so hard yeah it literally got so hard and I was drowning it out in substances and just trying to fight my way through this thing and Mm -hmm. also having the pressure of trying to lead. right I'm telling my story in real time on YouTube because I understand that nobody understands no it's not a lot of people that could relate to what I was going through and it wasn't a lot of spaces where people were transparently showing what that would look like so I'm talking about dealing with the loneliness right of you know being in a five-year relationship and then having to be by yourself I'm talking about you know the depression that I was going through being back in my you know in my childhood room nobody wants to after you leave the nest you want to be gone right here and it felt like I honestly it felt like I was being punished I was like God I'm doing all the things that you asked me to do right and this isn't even about me but why does it seem like I'm the one that's suffering and everybody else is just living you know this you know great life why am I in my room crying and being broken down and things like that But now I'm on the other side of that. I can see why I had to go through all that because I had to be able to share my story to lead other people out. I had to literally go through the dirt and through the mud in order for other people to come out. So again, it was really just uh, knowing that, hey, like you got to be the one. Somebody got to be the one, right? Somebody got to be the one to carry the cross. And although I would have desired for it not to be me, God will always remind me, it's like, I built you for this. I, you know, before you were born, I predestined this to happen. And you're like, and it's not always going to be like that. So I had no, I would stay in the word. A lot of people, they're like, oh, like how do you get through the word? The word of God. I would literally, I read this Bible back in front and I had no choice. Google couldn't help me. Again, my friends couldn't help me. So I'm in my room, I'm studying, I'm reading, I'm writing 10,000 pages of notes and I'm sharing it transparently. And I think that was actually something that I thought that would be like, Break me down, right? Like, who wants to be sharing their story? Or they're crying and stuff like that. Um, but I found it helpful because I was building community at the same time. So you know, while I'm sharing my story, other people are able having people that could relate also got me through it. Because I'm like, okay, I'm not alone in this, right? I'm not the only one that's going through this. Um, but those days was they were messy. I, don't, I was still getting my lashes done, and I don't even know how they were lasting because I was crying all <laughs> the time
0: did anger ever creep up and if so how did you fix your heart
1: um yeah anger crept up often i think like every month i was like you know what god this is ridiculous i'm done right i don't even want to talk to you uh, like i was so hungry <laughs> but then i would um at the same time i was listening to the podcast and you would just always just talk about like heart posture So um, again, because I was building intimacy with the Holy Spirit, I I was so connected to him that when I was angry, I could feel like my, like I could feel like his spirit being grieved, right? I could feel, we were literally just so connected. And I started reading Fervent and I talked, it talked about like all the different ways that the enemy just tries to separate you from God. And one of those things is bitterness, and mm-hmm. so as I began to read about how bitterness, you know, caused your heart to be hard and then it leads you into it opens up the door for the enemy to really have his way. I was like, OK, yeah, I'm mad at you. I'm gonna let you know I'm mad at you. I never didn't ever tell God that I was mad. Sometimes I would. I would wow out. Right. But that's not dad. Right. God is my dad. So I can do that. I wild out and I let my emotions out. But at the end of the day. He's the only one that had my back during this process. People turned on me. People talked about me. People did all of these things. So it was like, how can I can't be mad at him for too long? And then again, once I understood that, you know, bitterness and that stuff blocks prayers, unforgiveness blocks prayers, when you're not forgiving God, that's still unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. i was like i'm not gonna do any i will not allow the enemy to have any foothold in my life he's already stolen enough from me and he's not going to steal this from me so i just made sure that every time i felt that way i let it out and then i was just like listen god i need you to heal my heart because i don't want to talk to you right now but i need you to heal my heart because we have somewhere to be so it was just keeping the end in mind we have somewhere to be i can't be upset for too long
0: I hope you guys have enjoyed part one of my interview with Kyla as much as I did. Make sure you guys are subscribed to my YouTube channel. We do our record with me sessions, which is pretty much where I go live on YouTube while I record the podcast. You're able to interact with me, ask questions in real time, and just see the behind the scenes of creating the podcast. But the great thing about doing that, even with guests, is you get to see the full two-parter on the YouTube channel. So go to Tatum Tamiya at YouTube. I will put the link in the uh, show notes to make it easy for you. Make sure you like subscribe and hit that notification bell so that you get the notifications when I go live as well as see the full episodes of the podcast. I will see you guys next week for part two.